Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now, here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to the show. You're listening to episode 219, and I am your host, just like the man said, Richard Bliss. I think we got a pretty good show for you today. We're going to have a nice conversation with our guest, and I just wanted to take a moment, sometimes like I do, and say thank you. Thanks for the support on Patreon. Thanks for the support um, in the emails and the text messages, all of that. Thank you. That's all I wanted to say. Let's go talk to my guest. My guest today is somebody I met online who uh, is about to relaunch their second Kickstarter campaign. Actually, it's their first. It's a relaunch of their first. And I thought, uh, based on some of their journey, that it would be interesting to have them come and discuss with us, you and I, uh, my listening audience, kind of how this journey has been. Uh, failure with the first one regrouping, coming back a year later and making it work. So we're going to talk about that. So I want to work, uh, welcome Doug Lewandowski. Doug, did I get your last name right? Lewandowski. Yep. Lewandowski, that's exactly right. Doug, and you're uh, the owner, founder of Meltdown Games, right? Co-founder, yeah. My Co uh, friend John McNeil and I co-founded Meltdown to publish Gothic Doctor. Okay, so let's talk. Uh, this project goes live at the time of this recording, July 1st. Mm -hmm. uh, you, this, is your, this is the same project that you ran last year, right? Yes. So uh, tell us a little bit about the campaign last year. So the campaign last year, uh, there was a lot of, I don't know what to call it exactly, I guess hubris of youth. Um, we didn't know as much as we should have about Kickstarter. Um, and in retrospect, uh, the biggest issue was that we hadn't really built the fan base beforehand. Um, we thought everybody else discovered Kickstarter projects the way we do which is going on Kickstarter, poking around a little bit, and, oh, there it is. And so we went into this thinking, oh, hey, let's, we'll put it up there. This is a, a neat idea. We think it's a cool theme. You know, we really think the mechanics are great. The art's wonderful. How could we fail? Okay. And you think that it didn't fail because you didn't have a crowd out there already kind of primed and ready to go? Yeah, I think a lot of it was the, the interest we hadn't generated beforehand. You know, the uh, the crowd comes before the funding, as they say. So uh, had you done anything beforehand? Because 177, that's a respectable number. That's eh, not too bad. Well, we had some some Twitter presence, but we hadn't taken it to cons. Uh, we weren't particularly active on, on Facebook groups uh, or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was pretty much the... The folks who were friends with us and then the folks who, who found us as a result. So I noticed a couple of things when I'm looking back at the project. First of all, you ran this all the way to the end, right? 30 days yeah. and let it die a, a soft, quiet, peaceful death. Sure. that's It didn't feel peaceful, but yeah. <laughs> sure. But I noticed as I look back on the project – so for those of who are listening, the project was called Gothic Doctor. You can go look it on Kickstarter. Uh, a couple of things I noticed, for example, you didn't have any comments. I mean, people were commenting, but you weren't responding to any comments. Uh, actually, Huge mistake. I, right. I think the only comment was made was after the fact, after it had failed, people are saying, hey, will you relaunch this? Or maybe during that. And I saw the one comment from you. Right. So you learned, um, your, you learned your lesson with that one. A little bit more yeah, personal engagement absolutely. and comments. Absolutely. So, so. Uh, another question that uh, often is discussed, you allowed yours to run its course all the way to the end. Um, you and I talked that uh, my opinion has always been uh, mercy killing. Uh, if it's going to mm -hmm. fail, be re respectful and honest with your backers and say, look, this is going to fail. I'm going to re 
you know, reset, relaunch, that type of thing. But you let it run all the way to the end, right? What was, yes. the, what was the thought process there? Well, so part of it was um, by about halfway through, we knew we were in really bad shape. Um, one of the things that I didn't mention when we were chatting just the two of us earlier uh, was that we didn't get reviews in uh, until about halfway through the campaign. Um, and so we were hoping for a little bit of an uptick there. But And you did. Uh, even, you actually got an uptick about halfway through the campaign. Yeah. Um, we got it out to – uh, I think all us geeks was probably one of the one of the bigger upticks. We also did a cardboard uh, jungle, um, cardboard republic. Uh, I think I think oh. those two two cardboards. But sure. they were very they were very late to. I mean, your project was already half over before those reviews were even hitting. Right. It was a week into the project before we even mailed them. Um, yeah. So that was major party foul on our part. Um, and. Dex have been in in reviewer's hands for a month at this point. And I told you, I think that you told me, excuse me, that you were hoping that there would be some kind of uptick at the end because there's always some kind of uptick at the end of a a campaign. Right. But you got nothing. Yeah. I think it was in part because we were so far away from our funding goal. Anybody who who looked at it on the last day and said, okay, they need $10,000, that's not going to happen. Right. Um, And so it was – and this is one of the reasons uh, why I said is that – be engage with those backers to say, oh, looks like we're not going to make it, and then have them be part of that process to, to relaunch. Mm-hmm. Something interesting happened because normally you uh, you don't need permission to relaunch a campaign. I think when you cancel. Now I'm not sure because Kickstarter has changed some things. In your case, you actually had to reapply, didn't you? Yeah, we uh, created a new page and everything. So. So I'm going to ask my audience, there's somebody out there who knows the answer. Um, if you cancel, have you canceled and had to reapply versus letting it die and reapplying? Because not only – so please email me. Uh, if you have the answer, you can find me. Uh, just send me an email or, or tweet and uh, let me know the answer to that one. But uh, Doug, in your case, you had to reapply and they made you change the name of the campaign. It was slightly, but you still had to change the name of the campaign, right? Right. Our first campaign was just Gothic Doctor, um, and now it's Gothic Doctor, a game of monstrous medicine. So so that's something also for listeners to be aware of is that I think when you cancel, you can relaunch, and it just stays the same, I think. Yeah, I'm going to have to go test that, but uh, hopefully somebody maybe can give us an answer, and we'll come back on another episode and, and answer that question. So now, here you are almost exactly a year later. And you're about to launch again. You've taken some steps to uh, make sure that you get some coverage this time. A couple of things. First of all, you said that uh, the first time you asked for 18000 this time you're asking for 7000 What has changed to actually lower your request by more than 50%? Yeah, so the biggest thing is we talked to uh, the, the company that's doing the printing for us and figured out that we can print far fewer uh, games than we had originally thought. Why? Um, well, originally we had gotten a quote at uh, at fifteen hundred, and in going back and you know looking at at all that, she said, you know, you guys asked for a lot last time. You know, you can ask for fewer this time. And we had been working with uh, that fifteen hundred number. What's that? You'd been working with that fifteen hundred number, and they hadn't really told you that you know you don't have to do fifteen hundred. Well, it's not that they hadn't told us that. It's that that's what we had asked for originally because a lot of the other places, you know, we had talked to, to Panda about some stuff, Panda Manufacturing, um, and, you know, their minimum is 1500 And we saw somewhere else that the minimum was 1500 So we figured, okay, that's just industry standard. Um, so a lot of the, the mistakes we made the first time was 
So how many had a lot to do with just not knowing the right questions to so ask. So how many are you asking for this time? Um, at minimum, uh, we have we can print as few as uh, two hundred fifty. Now the price per unit goes way up for that, right? It, yeah, it does go way up, um, and so we would be really just on the on the break even for printing and shipping if that's the case. Um, but uh, you know, we decided it's important enough to get the game out there that you know we feel like that's the way to go. Okay. So you've, and then you're, and just so people know, you're actually not going overseas. You're printing local, right? Um, I think they, semi local, uh, right? Yeah, we're working with a local broker. Um, but I think they do their printing overseas. So, so the person you're interacting with, it's not like you had to go overseas, China, Germany, and something and, and establish contact. You made a local phone call to somebody based in uh, your area and they had the relationships. Yes, exactly. All right, and w- which isn't a bad uh, a bad way to go. Also, the 250 units is a great way to go because now you're not going to have a whole bunch of inventory sitting around. If you and if you do go past and blow past your goal, and the game's really popular, and, and you've got 500 backers, you can just simply up up that exactly request. Yeah. All right. So, if there's is there any big things that you've done different than coming in this time, this journey, this past year that you're like, okay, this time we think that we're ready for that. One is lowering the price by more than 50%. Uh, it's yep. a very reasonable number. What else, what, else, what else have you done then to get yourself ready? So for the, the past year, uh, we've been doing a lot of outreach to the community, uh, establishing ourselves in the community. Um, what does that mean? It, so being engaged on uh, on Facebook with that Kickstarter best practices and lessons learned group, uh, which is how we met. Um, yeah, you and I, and, that's where we met. Yep. Yeah. And giving uh, other projects advice from what, what we learned and uh, thinking about other ways to get the game out there, taking it to conventions, um, taking it to Unpub, uh, working on building our, our Twitter base with some uh, free print and play games. Um, things like that, just ways so that people, uh, you know, we went from, I forget how many followers we had back when we launched, but now we have over a thousand Twitter followers. So obviously each one of those won't necessarily be a backer. It'd be cool if they were, but, um, at least then there's a lot more people who are aware of what's going on with us. And, and so, okay. So you got a thousand Twitter followers, you got some Facebook fans, um, do you have anything that's going to tell you about how well you're going to do with this? Or is it still you're throwing darts at that proverbial money dartboard? Yeah, it's, it is still sort of, sort of the dartboard thing. Um, we don't have, you know, the experience with Kickstarter yet to, I think, be able to really predict that. We're hopeful that, you know, the backers from the first project will come back for this one again. And, um, if they did, that would be huge, uh, because, well, I'm just thinking, you had an average of, you raised 8000 well, you didn't raise it. Uh, you had 8000 a little over $8,000 pledge. So your math should say to you in your head, okay, if we relaunch and ask for 7000 and everybody comes back, we're golden, then we should be able to get that money. Exactly. How much communication have you been doing with those 177 backers over the past year? So to avoid spamming anybody, uh, after the, the failure of the first project, a month or two later, we sent a message out to everybody and said, you know, here's a sign-up list if you, uh, you want to get updates. Otherwise, we are planning on relaunching down the road, so you'll hear from us before then. Um, and a day or two before we launch, we're going to send around an email to those original backers and say, hey, uh, we're coming back. 
Um, we'll be live on July 1st. You know, please check us out and uh, let of, us know what you think. Of your 177, how many? Because what you basically did is created an opt-in opt-in list. Yes. Okay. And of those 177, how many opted in? I would say we got about 40 or 50. Okay. So you've got 40 or 50 people on a list that said, yes, uh, I want to know about this project. So what is that? About a quarter to a third. Um, you've got, uh, you got a Twitter follower thing. Yeah. And the other thing is that most of the people who opted in for the updates weren't personal friends of ours because they figured, oh, well, we'll hear about it anyway. Um, and I would say of our backers, probably about in the neighborhood of half, maybe a little bit less than half, uh, were people that either John or I knew personally. Okay. So that other half or that, uh, or, or some of that other half then said, okay, yeah, we like this. We're going to, we're going to continue to back you on this. Exactly. Okay. Um, but you still don't know, do you? Not for sure. No, no. no. You're kind of got your fingers crossed and you're hoping and, and, uh, all right. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, as of the time of the recording, we've got about a, a week or two. How, how far out we are? About ten days. One week. Yeah. One week. Already. So yeah. we got we got a week uh, before that goes live, and we'll see. I guess we'll see. Have you set up anything to make sure that within the first twenty four hours or so that you just you hit this hard, so you get that? Uh, honestly, to to actually fund in the first twenty four hours, so you don't have to worry about it anymore. You got anything set up to do something like that? That would be. Amazing. Um, certainly, we're going to be reaching out to the close friends and family to get that you know that big push up at the front. Um, it, it would be phenomenal if we funded in the first twenty four. I'd I'd be surprised, but it would be phenomenal. Um, so, other than you know the the personal appeals and uh, and all that stuff, and sending the message out to uh, to the previous backers. The other thing that we're putting in place uh, for our stretch goals for this time, um, we're doing two different types of, of stretch goals. We're doing social stretch goals, which we didn't do the first time, and funding stretch goals, which we did have set up the first time. So what's a social stretch goal? So social stretch goals are going to be uh, for every 100 uh, shares on Twitter or on uh, from our Facebook page, um, we're going to unlock a new pair of action cards uh, for the game. And whoever has backed at that point will get a chance to vote on it. So we're hoping that that'll encourage people to jump in early so that if they, uh, you know, want to have more input into how this game is going to turn out, they'll, they'll get in early. But at the same time, if somebody discovers the project, you know, a week or two weeks or three weeks in, they won't have missed out on some early bird or they won't be unable to get something that earlier backers were able to get or anything like that. Sure. All right. So uh, that might uh, that might be a little bit helpful. Stretch goals are always a, a challenge because you have to get the people there in the first place. And so by making a social stretch goal, you're hoping that they share it enough that'll they'll bring it in. My last question is, is that do you feel, uh, having paid attention, that you missed an opportunity a year ago because the, uh, the playing field wasn't nearly as crowded and you feel maybe a little overwhelmed right now with just how much stuff's out there? It, it seemed to me like the playing field was pretty crowded last year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it is even a little bit more so now. And um, is there, is there a reason you picked June or yeah, excuse me, July? Uh, yeah, I'm an English teacher. Um, and so having, uh, last year run the campaign right up to the end of the school year was just a nightmare. And part of the reason that, uh, we weren't able to interact as much 
um, is because John's job is crazy. So he does a lot of behind the scenes stuff and I wasn't able to engage as much as, uh, I, I wouldn't be able to engage as much during the school year as I want to. I probably would have engaged more last year if I had more time, but not as much as I hope to this time. So totally uh, avoid life events when it launching a Kickstarter campaign, babies, marriages, school, all those type of things. Okay. Yeah, none does, of those things going on this time. That's, around. that's good. We're, we're about out of time. Any, uh, any last comments or anything? Well, if anybody wants to check out the, the preview page, should I uh, give them the link here or? Sure. Um, this is actually not going to go live until you launch. Oh, okay. Um, we're, um, queued, we're queued up, so it'll be uh, right after you <clears throat> launch. So uh, they can find it on Kickstarter at Gothic Doctor. If you type in Gothic Doctor, well, that it'll probably pop up, I'm guessing, at that point. So if you type in Gothic Doctor, you'll see the old one, and you should see the no, new one. A game of monstrous – what's it? Monstrous what? Monstrous Medicine. Okay. Uh, Gothic uh, Doctor. Also- yeah. The shortened preview link, uh, I've heard that Kickstarter now, uh, the preview page automatically forwards to the campaign. So if they just want to punch in bit.ly slash gothic doc, all lowercase, that should come up for them too. Okay. Well, uh, hopefully they'll be able to, to do that. And then the last thing I would recommend to you is to go to sure. stonemeyergames.com. Jamie Stegmeyer, who's a regular co-host on the show, has a spreadsheet on his blog – to uh, post games so you can see what you're up against. Oh, cool. So if you go out to his, uh, let me just take a quick look here and see it's under, yep, Kickstarter Lessons, his blog. And if Mm -hmm. we open the Google spreadsheet, I can tell you real quick. Also, if you go to Profundia, that's another site. But if you're just dealing with board games, you can just see the board games that are launching at the time. And as it comes up, July 1st, it would appear that... You're going to be up against, right now, nothing's launching that week. So uh, hmm. 10 Candles by Para Calvary Press is launching a week later. And uh, the week before that, you've got a bunch of other games, including Jamie's project that launched on the 23rd. But looks like right now that's uh, wide open for you according to that list. But go take a look at that and put your game in there. You, it's actually an open uh, spreadsheet that anybody can make a comment in. Oh, cool. All yeah, right. I've read a bunch of uh, Jamie's posts, and they're phenomenal. They are. Uh, very useful. Yeah. Doug, I certainly appreciate you coming on the show to share with us uh, some of the insights. Well, and thank you so much for having me on, Richard. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. My guest has been Doug Lewandowski. He's with uh, his game company. Doug, what's your game? Meltdown Games. Meltdown Games. I apologize about that. And his project out there is Gothic Doctor uh, that's appearing on Kickstarter July 1st. Uh, Learn some things that you might want to pay attention to. Do you need to relaunch if your campaign fails? And uh, make sure that you find ways to get out there and get that uh, conversation going long before you launch. And don't forget to visit patreon.com slash Richard Bliss to go and pledge for the podcast to keep it going and show your support. Thanks for listening. Take care.